Hey listeners, it's Ben here. I just want to thank you all for being part of Suave Love for the past couple of years. My co-host James actually just got an amazing opportunity that he can't really pass up. So we're going to be slowing down on new episodes, but when James makes an occasional appearance, we'll be sure to put one up. Currently, I'm going to be transitioning over to my new podcast called Live For Yourself. So make sure to subscribe on iTunes and all that. Um, I'll be cross-posting, actually, for a little bit. So be aware there's going to be some new intro music and such. Hope you guys enjoy. Lover podcast with your hosts Benjamin Ritter and James Amaro. Suavelover.com advising gentlemen on the art of romance. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. You know, I've always been attracted to C3PO. Whoa. I was thinking R two D two. Gold's kind of a limbs. Or limbs. Oh, is that important? Not depending on what you do with R two D two. Well, that's kind of the distinction now that's coming up because there's been some recent media mm-hmm. on sex robots mm-hmm. becoming kind of a thing. There was a book uh, written a couple of years ago, "Love and Sex with Robots." The book speculates that by 2050. Having a relationship with a robot will be routine. I don't think normal is the right word. I think routine means that it won't be a man bites dog story. It will be, you'll know somebody or... Stand-up jokes instead of being, that you porn, ha-ha, will yeah, be, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you took out the sex robot today? <laughs> right. So you take her for a walk? There are movies, the science fiction glut of these movies. Uh, her was about having a relationship with your phone. A relationship. Obviously, the sex was masturbatory. <laughs> that vibrate function, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that in the right part of your pocket. Uh, Ex Machina is about a guy who is seduced by a robot. And there's a similar movie. It's called Uncanny, like the Uncanny Valley, which is that idea that the robots are getting almost to look like us. But then you start noticing the flaws rather than the similarities. And so there's something unnatural about the way a robot moves. It's called the Uncanny Valley. It's a term for getting to the point where it looks completely human. We're not there, right? If you want a sex robot, it's called a fleshlight. (laughs) You don't really get to have a full-on sex robot. Yeah, more now we're looking at like oculus rift and we're looking at the bluetooth kind of tying into your masturbatory toys sure. that can control function and speed and things like that which even still like vr really isn't that good now is it the stuff i've seen is very much still Star Fox. yeah i, I can imagine fucking a polygon <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is strange because if you look at like a playstation 2 sure the graphics are unreal. And those movies kind of paint a bleak picture. They're never like sex robots and married and having a great time and family and not cheating and no more sex workers. Right. It's all kind of sex robots are taking over the world. Yeah, I think there's probably a joint concern that on the one hand, all of your sexual deviations might surface with these sex robots. I mean, that that if you have a sex robot, you, you might do really kind of crazy deviant stuff. In addition, there's got to be a concern that what happens when we start having normal interactions with robots that become increasingly sort of sentient and aware? Do we create a slave race of sex slaves that are 
mechanical and as a result we treat them badly because actually it just says how, how we're going to be as people however we wind up treating the uh, artificial intelligence that will presumably replace us yeah because if there are sex robots there's going to be sex <laughs> I was going to say sex military. <laughs> if, if there robot are sex milita- robots, uh, yeah. there's robot military, and, there's yeah. robot employees. Yep. Sex robots are going to be the first step to other robots. We can take for granted that at some point there will be more automation and that if Apple can sell an Apple fuckbot, that they will take our money and it'll take a lot of money to do it. But I'm interested in why would this appeal to a certain kind of a guy? Like, who would this appeal to? Even before we get bots that are animated and can walk around, we already have and have had for a couple decades now love dolls that are not animated, but they're properly shaped like a woman that are silicon. There was a movie a couple of years ago called Lars and the Real Girl where a guy gets into a relationship with his doll and the people in his life play along and pretend like she's a real girl because he's awkward and he can't get out there. Then there's this there's this guy on the internet, Dave Cat, who is well-known and he's in My Strange Addiction. He's on this Discovery Channel show, My Strange Addiction. And it's about how he lives his life with a wife love doll. He, he considers himself married to her. And that's what's scary because when I think of love dolls, I think of an obsessive relationship that isn't healthy because right now if i just look at porn you have two types of guys you have a guy that does it because he likes to jack off and get off Mm -hmm. and you have a guy that probably just doesn't go out and likes to jack off and get off you have a, a positive relationship with porn and a negative relationship with porn the essentials by benjamin ritter is your concise manual for life improvement and success with women The Essentials has been called a straight-to-the-point lesson in the lost art of being a man. Packed with insights, this book will transform the way you think about dating and relationships. Get your copy of The Essentials by Benjamin Ritter at Amazon.com or in select bookstores today. When I think of love dolls, I only think of a negative, unhealthy relationship. So I wonder if that's going to be what love bots are. Right. Or if you're going to get both of those segments, again, of, of sexual pleasure. The guy that's doing it because he just wants to get off. Or the guy that's doing it because he doesn't think he can get off any other way. Current mindset, I mean, I don't think I'm projecting, is that it's a stigmatized idea that you have a love doll or a robot that is your companion. Stigmatized because... What, you couldn't get the real deal? Right. So if an organic... <laughs> where did you store the damn thing? I wouldn't <laughs> mind having a love doll, but where would I put it? <laughs> don't you put it under the what's, bed? What's when it's dripping out of it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't have a place under my bed. <laughs> well, that that might be the problem. Maybe it has to stay in bed all day. What do you do when you invite somebody over? Oh, just don't mind that sex doll in the corner. Depends on how committed a relationship you're in. Then you aren't poly with your sex doll, I would imagine. (laughs) Seema just gets lifelike toys. It makes her feel more comfortable. Her cat. My cat, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think the kind of person who is drawn to a robot, artificial, a um, gynoid is the term that I saw on the internet, as opposed to an android, a female-shaped oid, and wants to have a relationship, sex, uh, intimacy with, is probably... You've got to imagine the kind of person who considers normal women or organic women fucking hassle. In other words, a guy. (laughs) (laughs) First first thought, well, relationships take work and dating takes work. 
So I see a easy commitment to a robot to be something that could really not want you to have a real relationship. What makes it not a real relationship? Yeah, like it's a human to human. Yeah, I don't think that it's not a real relationship any more than your, your relationship with your cat is not real. I mean, it's just not human. That's right. And I suspect that there are people for whom this seems like a wonderful alternative to dealing with people. In other words, they're looking forward to it. I can also see people who are like, I can't wait till the sex robots are here because I don't know what else to do. Like they stuck not being able to deal with normal women because, of course, women have all the difficulties, all the non-robot downsides. Like if a woman uh, gets bored with you, she may leave you. If a woman doesn't like what she's up to, she may challenge you. Uh, you can't predict how a woman is, but you know that that sex robot is under your bed or in your bed. Where did you decide to store yours? <laughs> Well, like relationships are an extension of your identity and a sex robot isn't going to be that much of an extension of your identity it's not going to be that attached to who you are as a person. So let's say your sex robot's arm breaks off or it, you know, something gets stolen. You just get another sex robot. Dave Cat, this guy who was married to his robot in 2000, it's been 15 years, has, he says, she's on her third body. And every time he has to put one of the used bodies to rest, he mourns her as though she's a real person who is really gone. Like, it's actually a hard thing. He says she now looks closer to what he originally had in mind. He's had to change the bodies out, though. And that, that's actually a big traumatic separation for him. That's scary. Well, I, I think it's scary because you don't have that orientation towards his machinery. I can see how the idea of my car being crushed just fills me with a kind of dread I can't describe. It's not like losing a person, but it's a kind of dread that I can't describe because I've invested so much into this machinery, into, that, into my car. My car is a classic car, right? So I really like my car. It's an extension of myself in a real way. And the idea of it sort of just being replaced by another one, no, 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 that's, that's my, that specific. That, so even though it's a mass-produced object, I have an identifying relationship with it that would be really hard for me to see it sort of just go. And I don't suspect everyone or many people are, shit, I don't fucking know. These, it may be that this could solve the fucking human trafficking and prostitution issues because people could fuck a robot when they're feeling like they need to rub one out and they need, I presume, a pretty form with some weight. I mean, what's the difference between masturbating between a Tenga and uh, this or your palm is that it's got that feel, that shape, the visual in particular. Or could create more negative sexual acts due to people just being programmed to the fact that they're allowed to do them to a female form or a male form. You mean shooter at the end because you can't shoot a human in the head more than the once. How to Start a Kinky Relationship by James Amaro is the definitive guide to successful alternative romantic relationships. The book has been called Fifty Shades of Grey for Real People. Educational, informative, and irreverent, this book has something to offer anyone who is curious and sexually adventurous. Get your copy of How to Start a Kinky Relationship by James Amaro at Amazon.com or in select bookstores today. I think sex robots could program someone to having sex by force. The more you're exposed to something, the more you're likely to have it affect your mentality towards that thing. If the robot looks female and you're having sex with a female instead of your hand and you 
are not mentally stable when you get out and you see a female form, are you more likely to see that as someone you could have sex with or something you could have sex with? I think this is interesting because this is precisely how agency, consent, and all those things intersect. So with the robot, you don't need to get consent. It's property. With a human, you need to get consent. I mean, we know that. Now, if you're saying that your hypothetical psychopath doesn't know that, well, then your hypothetical psychopath doesn't matter whether it's porn that's the initiator or the, or the sex doll. Either way, your hypothetical sociopath doesn't understand the consent paradigm. It is precisely the agency that distinguishes a human from the robot. And human beings have agency, can make decisions. They have sort of an autonomy. And anything that we're talking about, at least at this point, with regards to robots or dolls, is property. It is rightly property. If, if I wake up every day take my loaded gun and shoot a robot on the head and go to work every day do it for a year playing vice city or actually in person yes either way a real robot person that goes good morning ben and i just shoot it just to be clear vice city is damn near exactly that okay but this is actually me physically picking up a real gun going over and shooting a robot in the head before leaving my house. And you know that sufficiently well-imagined experiences fully replicate because of the basketball thing that you quoted to me. The visualization exercise? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's Vice City or it's the real well, thing. If you're it's using, close enough. If you're close using enough. a remote control or a real sure. gun, I feel like the action is similar. Okay. I would bet that that person is more likely to pick up a gun and shoot someone. Okay. Very, very real experience. And like you said, just like in a video game, which is a very similar experience itself, if I'm in the right mind... I 99% won't pick up a gun and go shoot someone in the head. Just right? because you've experienced that over and over again? Just because I experienced it. But okay. let's say I have other influences. I'm emotionally unstable. I'm stressed. I'm depressed. There are things going on in my life. Mm. Or I literally find a gun and I'm in a, in a bad situation. I think those experiences would have influenced me to the point where I'm more likely to pick up a gun when I'm angry. Muscle memory. Applied learning pretty much is what it is. How would having sex with a sex robot every day not make you more likely to have sex in situations where maybe you weren't able to have sex? How would having sex with your wife every day not make it so that you wouldn't try to have sex with a random person? In other words, your your wife is having sex Mm -hmm. or your sex robot is having sex with you. What is it that bleeds? So two things. One, the person that I could be referring to may not have sex with people. They may just be non-sexual with a human being. Sure. Or the person I'm referring to may have sex with his wife. So let's so, say, okay. so then, right. so. or that person could be doing different types of acts with the sex robot. He acts them out with a with his wife. <laughs> he go ahead and be, beheads the sex robot <laughs> yeah. at the end of every session that accidentally takes the wife's... I mean, these are I mean, hypothetical yeah. things that in the heat of passion and I know sometimes I can lose where I'm at. Spontaneously dunk and punch. (laughs) (laughs) And what's interesting to me is the question as to whether or not pornography, for example, makes things better or worse. Well, pornography desensitizes you to certain sexual experiences. That's what the first wave feminist said. And then the empirical evidence was that when you introduce of the availability of pornography, uh, rape goes down, kidnapping goes down, pedophilia goes down. We're not talking about that. I'm saying that if I like to masturbate to blowjobs... Blowjobs are really going to get me off. Sure. If I want to masturbate to a girl getting tied up, a girl getting tied up is really going to get me off. Not that I'm not going to get off by other things, but it just makes me more attracted to certain acts. Yes. And what I'm saying is, empirically, if you believe that keeping them repressed and taboo 
making them unavailable will eliminate them. Not at all. Okay. Then, then the evidence is if uh, you ban pornography, violence against Increases. women goes up. So sex robots, according to research based off of pornography, uh, would actually decrease sexual violence. You would expect that it's a pornographic experience because if nothing else, it is a narcissistic, it's a masturbatory experience. Even with a sex robot who was conscious or animated, right? I mean, it, even if you had a sex robot with some AI who said, I really like when you do it to me like that big bad boy, even if you had all that sort of like animation behind the robot, nevertheless, it's a solo experience. I mean, I still can't imagine that there's intrinsic consciousness. Now, we can have this conversation in 20 years, I might be wrong, but right now, it's the, the fact that it's an act and it's acting upon, you're acting upon an object, uh, not upon a creature. And it's a masturbatory experience. Now, like what you say is, if, you, if in your deep, dark fantasies, you're masturbating to violence or you're masturbating to control, which, by the way, I always am. And if you're saying that as a result, you have reality uh, testing issues, which I don't, and I do understand how to consensually organize these things, then it may be that this is a therapeutic tool or it may be that this is a uh, trigger and you're going to wind up with a bunch of people shooting up schools as a result of their wanting to act out with robots or something. My concern would be whether an individual who is potentially drawn to the idea of a sex robot is drawn there for curiosity, beneficial reasons, or they're like, I don't know what else to do? And that's where what we do, what we would what we would advocate would be all the reasons that make a sex robot appealing. Um, it's it's there for you. It's loyal. It doesn't get into moods. It adores you. All those things. And normal women don't have that. It makes real women more interesting to me. Real women are precisely difficult. They are precisely unpredictable. It refers to a lot of negative associations to women and I think wrongful expectations when it comes to women. What makes them fun? <laughs> right? Well, the sex robot parts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sex is important, but how important is sex in a relationship? You what know, is the major component of your relationship? I think companionship. Mm -hmm. And I can see a cool companionship that a sex robot would get. It's like a kitten you could fuck. I mean, it would sort of hang out and be there or give you the sense of presence. There's a place uh, other people from out of the area won't know. It's called House on the Rock. And it's this tourist attraction in Wisconsin where you can go through these mazes of rooms. And there are all these sort of like marionettes and animated people. And there's a kind of a... You, you spend three hours going on the tour, you start thinking, these things are almost alive. They're lifelike, right? Yeah. Because the way they're animated and they come to life at certain moments. You could start projecting onto an object. It's scary when you talk about this hypothetical situation yeah. where yeah. someone finds all their companionship from a sex robot. Yeah. All of a sudden, we now hit reality where really people don't communicate and people don't have relationships. It's just, it's kind of disappointing mm. because I can see it happening. There's some pretty compelling evidence. Like, for example, there was a, in the news recently a Chinese guy who has a terminal disease. But he always wanted to be married. Well, he got married. And he married a love doll.
and the the pictures are beautiful. He's he's dressed in a tuxedo. She's she's dressed in her bride's gown and so on. And he's 28. I mean, the guy's a young guy, but he's got this terminal disease. And he says he does not want to leave a grieving bride, but he wants to go through and experience this ceremony, this 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 bonding experience. And I can almost imagine you take your bride home, your your doll bride, put her at the kitchen table, let's say, sit her in the living room, whatever it is, and you've got a being. Now, even if it's not a real human, you've got a being, a presence in your lonely one-room Chinese apartment that might give you some sort of connection, even if all it's doing, and I'm not sure this is what it's doing scientifically, but even if all it's doing is triggering your empathy neurons, just in virtue of physical form, it's simulating a relationship, but it's simulating it pretty darn well for you, that's probably very healthy. Now, if that means that you can't have normal relationships with people because they challenge you too much, or they're unpredictable, or they're not clockwork, then I think it can become very destructive. But I can see this being sort of a passivator for loneliness. Hell, isn't there a shortage of Chinese women right well, now? For example, you fuck your sex bot, and then you go hang out with the friends that support you and motivate you. I still think kind of using it as an easy way out is troublesome. And I can't quite explain why. I think it's because I personally find it a little weird. Right? Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I don't think this is like, oh yeah, everybody's whatever. This seems weird to me. Also, with the benefit of having a little bit of experience dealing with the difficulty of people, the fact that you have to engage people like people doesn't seem threatening or frustrating anymore. It had it was. I guess I could have imagined as a younger guy having some kind of sexually perfect companion who said nothing or spoke a foreign language. I mean, hell, a lot of these Russian brides are effectively sex bots with a temper. I can see having just an urge for companionship, which is sated by the presence of something that is attractive to you. I mean, this critter, these bots... Let's be clear. These are exaggerated Barbie dolls. These are sexually appealing. And guys who partialize women, look at women as objectified to some degree, a breast man, an ass man, it's going to trigger all of those subjective sensory arousal elements. So you've got the combination of things you want. Somebody who doesn't challenge you, doesn't yell at you, doesn't tell you to take out the trash, and is perfectly stimulating in all the ways that you would expect a stimulating mate to be, but this creature right here just kind of keeps your dick warm. Well, the trouble is that this is person, this love bot, this sex robot, whatever it is, is teaching you nothing about yep. relationships. Yep. It's basically saying, I'm giving up. I'm not going to have any real sexual companionship. For sure not going to have kids, not going to have a family. And I'm going to probably withdraw from society as a whole. Right. And Grubhub all my meals. <laughs> and just have sex with my sex robot. Yeah. That does not bode well for humanity. Well, I think that's true. And I, I mean, I personally feel if this seems like an envisioned future you'd want to live in, what I'd suggest is you could reorganize your thinking and say, the world we live in now is pretty cool. 
Girls are difficult, that's true. Women are autonomous beings who can consent or not, depending on how they feel. You have to seduce them, it's a dance. But that's wonderful. That shouldn't be frustrating, that shouldn't be irritating. They shouldn't be an unpredictable mess for you to become riled up by. The fact that women are not sex bots, yet, <laughs> computer chip future sex toys <laughs> is what makes them kind of wonderful and what makes the whole relationship and dating process fun what would be the best sex bot what would yeah. you do as a star like oprah yeah. i don't know that <laughs> 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 <Bad> example, bad <laughs> example you have been listening to the swab lover podcast Visit suavelover.com to become the kind of man that women crave. <laughs>